probably thought it was normal Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Hey everyone, this is Darren, also known as Bombadil, and I wanted to say a big thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. Without you, we would not be here. Or we might, but we'd be really lonely. As always, if you have the means to support our efforts, either by donation or by clicking through our Amazon banner on our website before you do your Amazon shopping, we appreciate it. And we need it. It helps us continue to support our various content contributors, pay for our website and TeamSpeak hosting, fund events, prizes, giveaways, and basically it keeps our lights on. Anyway, thank you again, and now it's time to start the music and light those lights. Today's show features Russ Bullock, president of Piranha Games, discussing the community focus of MechWarrior Online in 2014. Enjoy the show. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. It is a matter of history that as a young mech pilot, he won the Solaris Grand Championship using only an urban mech and a t-shirt launching gun. It is said that he wears a beard in order to hide a hideous scar, either that or a small gauss rifle. He once told a clanner to go f*** himself, and that clanner proceeded to do so, vigorously. He is the most interesting man in the inner sphere. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer the taste of Dos Mekis. Stay systems nominal, my friends. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 108. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is April 9th, 2014, and I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. b <laughs> I like the pause there. Hey, everyone. I was going to go with Mama Bear, but I figured b is more appropriate. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catrakel. Oh, hi, everybody. And guest host, Tyler, a.k.a. Jaeger12. Hello. All right, guys, we're joined today by Russ Bullock. What's going on, Russ? And he is the president of Piranha Games. Hey, guys, happy to be back. Good yeah, day, man. sir. How's your uh, How's your week been? Uh, it's been um, really busy around here. Obviously, just coming off of a little bit of downtime um, after GDC, a little bit of family time around spring break, and now it's just uh, back to the grindstone. Are you gonna tease us a little bit of how awesome it is to run around in the Timberwolf again? Uh, are you gonna do that today? I don't think I'm gonna do that today. Um, I'm gonna save that oh, okay. a little later. <laughs> All right, today we're going to be talking about a few topics, and, uh, you know, we want to basically present. Uh, so we've got, well, Launch Module is coming up, and with Launch Module, last time you were on here, you talked about tournaments, 
Um, obviously, this would be like an in-house or at MWO. Um, you know, people opting in. Is this actually going to happen? And what are your ideas on uh, you know this kicking off? Yeah. Um, thanks. I guess I'd like to uh, yeah talk a bit about that. Um, I think launch module is going to be very excited for it. It's uh, I think it's going to be a really huge release and. Today, I think I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about that and tournaments and in general giving the whole community, I guess, an update on just the, the direction we think the game is really going to take here in 2014. And that really is almost every feature we're focused on is um, you know community related and, and about uh, bringing everyone together to play. So we went over in depth launch module last time. We don't really need to do that again this time. But to your point, uh, one of the first things we want to do is have a, a tournament. So that would be like a 12-man tournament. Register your team. It'd more than likely be hosted on the MWO website. Um, scheduled times using the private match functionality to uh, have some kind of a tournament bracket system and to get down to a winner. So that would be... Um, yeah, I suppose certainly it'll be opt-in. It'll be, but it's more than just uh, you know your opt-in weekend event. I mean, this is going to be uh, much more like the launch tournament we had at the the actual San Francisco launch event, but this would be hosted remotely because we had that functionality with the uh, launch module private match window, and you know like the launch event which had some pretty reasonable prizes, more in the way of video cards and mice and all that kind of stuff. This would come down to actual prize money. And I can't make any announcements or commitments today, unfortunately, because I'm still working through um, IGP and whatever, I don't know, taxation issues we need to be aware of as a company. But I certainly want it to be a very legitimate, you know, cash prize. Um, and that might mean different things to different people. Certainly don't think uh, Halo League of Legends money here or something. But. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's um, definitely in the, you know, thousands of dollars, you know, per winner sort of thing. So I shouldn't have said that much probably. We'll see what we end up with. But um, does that answer your question, Phil, I guess, to kick things off? I, I want that to be, yeah, like a kind of kickoff launch module with a, with a legitimate official MWO tournament that um, people will register for on the, the MWO website and, um, however we manage that by really making it uh, a big you know a big deal and I, I think that's about kicking off not just a host of official tournaments but also along this process I think the idea is to sort of create a pipeline that the community can latch on to whether it's the any of the competitive leagues or and all those various competitive groups to say, okay, here's a series of guidelines and tools to create our own tournaments and host our own tournaments and perhaps even see if you meet certain criteria with your tournament, then Piranha will give it its sort of little you know, badge of approval and even provide some rewards. Those types of tournaments might not be cash rewards, but they would be uh, potentially in-game rewards, um, whether that be MC or mechs or things that we, we can give the winning the winning team. So I think it's going to open up a whole slew of tournament possibilities, both official, you know, cash reward style, community run tournaments. Obviously, the launch module window is going to give us the ability to run almost any type, whether it's 
you know, stock mech tournaments to Solaris style tournaments, it's all there. I mean, we don't have the ability to force stock mechs. And initially, that might be more of a, a brute force method to make sure that the mechs are stock. But um, we can continue to flesh out that flexibility. But there's so much there already. Even even day one, April 29th, um, there's a lot of tournament possibilities. Well, now, Jaeger, Tyler, you actually participated in an, an official tournament and won. So I'd like to get your thoughts. What do you think about official tournaments uh, making their presence known again? Not only did he participate, I said, well, do you think you're going to win? And he said yes. <laughs> he knew it. He called it like Babe Ruth. Yeah, this is the most exciting information the competitive community once again has ever heard. And uh, prize money, that's great. We love the competition. We love that PGI is going to be supporting the competition in this game. It's really great to hear. I'd love to see an eSport made out of the game. Uh, quick question for you, Russ. The launch tournament only had 12 players to a team, and that was a, a hard cap. Obviously, it was much easier to do in person. Could we expect something like this to have a cap on 12 people? You have to sign up exactly 12 people, and only those 12 people could play in the tournament? Well, I guess I might have to pick your brain to figure out exactly what would be al- the alternative or what would be ideal. I, I, I'm not sure if that means subs, so you have... Uh, 20 guys in your team and you might rotate in a few different bodies you know throughout the tournament kind of like a team hockey team or whatever brings in uh you know people off their roster for future uh, matches based on what they're good at is that the sort of thing you're getting at yeah that's pretty much it there's certain people that specialize in different roles and different drop weights so it's a question it'll be important for which direction you want your game to develop for competition we can talk about it later. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, I think one thing safe to say is that, like a lot of situations, it's going to be uh, something where initially we're going to have to keep it simple. So the initial tournament, you can almost be assured, will be much more of a, you know, register your 12-man team and that's your 12-man team and here we go. Um, but doesn't mean that that, you know, functionality can't be added added later so i think but i think it's safe to say the first tournament will be more like the launch event and i think um i guess it's talking about community here i just i want to make another point to say that it's not just just the tournaments too i think we have um now that we're at a particular point here with you know ui 2.0 and you know launch module about to release and, and clans well underway that we're really looking at 2014 as the year of the community. That's kind of what we're calling it internally. Um, not only do we have, of course, launch module going live and these tournaments coming online, but um, we had a very good meeting. Actually, I should, I should back up here a little bit, and that relates to that. Last time I did the podcast here, I, I kind of um, remember I put out that little unofficial poll. I said, hey, guys, what do you want to see? Do you want to see community warfare or like straight away as quick as we can? Or do you want to see some time spent on other um, polishing issues, um, mech collisions and various things? Um, I got quite a lot of responses actually on Twitter, more than I expected to get. Both of them got votes, but um, Community Warfare won out. Uh, There's no really doubt about that. It was probably 70-30 votes on Community Warfare. Um, It's what I expected, and that's fine. So moving on to that point, I had a very good meeting with Paul and Brian the other day. Um, it looks like we're very close to a final design for uh, V1, I guess we'll call it, of Community Warfare. 
And it's a very reasonable amount of work. And I think we have a very good chance of seeing it here in, well, well, we will, we'll see it this fall. I guess that's sort of, that's as accurate as I can get here for the podcast today, but we'll see it this fall. Um, explanations why this fall? Well, launch module comes out <clears throat> between launch module and clans. It's a lot of work to get the clans ready. Um, but really, you know, by June or so will be a lot of people kind of rocking and rolling on uh, community warfare. So, and there's a couple, three months worth of work there to get it get it done for this V1. So that just gives you a very rough outline of when we can see a version one of community warfare. It's not the only thing that I'll be getting worked on between here and there. More of this uh, year of the community stuff I want to bring up is um, we think we're very close to adding in more of the official SDK functionality for Twitch. Uh, we'd like to get the Twitch streaming functionality easier for our players. Um, we're taking another very serious look at getting the command wheel interface and VoIP functionality into the game. So I think if you add this all up and look at, you know, private matches, um, tournaments, official and, and, you know, supported ones by Piranha Games, uh, command wheel, VoIP, community warfare. I think, you know, by this fall and late fall, certainly we're going to have, we're just building really towards community and, and, and features that support communities and and try to build not only uh, a really much stronger competitive esports functionality into MechWarrior and build that aspect of our community, but um, this initial design of community warfare is going to involve everybody. I mean, everybody from single players dropping to groups of two, three, four. And even, you know, full groups of 12 in a private match-esque type of way, being able to compete with other 12-man groups over territory. Um, so it's going to really encompass everyone. And I'm just, I think that's really the general direction for 2014 right there. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't get to work on some mech collisions and some of the other bits and pieces out there. But uh, that's a, a kind of a general outlook of... Uh, you know, 2014 and a snapshot of, I think, probably like, let's say the next six months of our, as we just continue to push towards a lot more community functionality. Well, I don't think there's a person here that's going to complain about any of that. In fact, you know, I think all of it is super positive news and super exciting. I do have a question about uh, VoIP and Command Wheel. Well, mainly about VoIP, but Command Wheel, awesome. There's nothing negative I can say about Command Wheel. VoIP, on the other hand, um, I, I love the idea of VoIP because a lot of people don't have TeamSpeak. They don't have know the community that's out there that has a different TeamSpeak or event servers or whatever. But my only request is that if you do bring in VoIP, just having the option to mute specific people or turn off VoIP altogether or something like that. Um, otherwise, I think awesome, valuable tool. Yeah, I guess one comment would be, I guess it was a bit of a debate internally here. Not that we've, it wasn't a big debate yet, but... My initial thinking was that it'd be more along the lines of one of the other games I play, which is you only talk through VoIP to those that you're in a specific group with. Like, So for instance, if you created a Lance or a group of two or three or four, then you would speak with those people and those people only. You know, some games do that. But there's definitely would be a contingent in MechWar Online to say, that's great and all, but you need to be able to communicate with your whole company of mechs. So, and this is, we're, we're talking about pub play here, obviously. I mean, in, mm -hmm. in a private match, in a 12-man functionality, it's obvious that you would speak with 
the full 12. But maybe, maybe for MechWarrior Online, this one of these things we'll have to get some, I guess, some community feedback on is, would it be, you have a channel for your lance, and you have a channel for your company, and it doesn't really matter if your lance is all in the same group or if it's four puppies, but you have your lance channel and your company channel, because. You know, if, if you have a group of three, for instance, and you bring one puppy in, do you want to be able to, you know, you should be able to talk to that fourth player in your lance um, and then talk if and all the other eight in your company are strangers, you still want to talk to your company. So it, it feels like what works in other games may not work for pro, for, for MechWarrior, and it feels like MechWarrior is going to lean more towards, regardless of kind of who's in your known circle of friends and who's in your group but you'll have a channel for your lance and a channel for your company and that would work for both you know competitive scene uh you know 12 man aspects and for pubs but yeah there's there's probably a, a few opinions and a, a you know floating around out there around that subject um and obviously it's a little unrelated to what you said darren because i guess regardless of what's decided there you might need some functionality to mute you know, individuals, but um, yeah, what's your opinions on that? I mean, is it, if you have a group of two, should that be unrelated to the VoIP situation? Meaning you should have a Lance channel and a company channel? I think, um, let me just chime in here because uh, I've played a ton of games. Um, but the first thing I would say is just have an option to turn it off. Um, that way, if someone wants it on, they can talk to their entire company. And if they don't, they can turn it off. And if, like you said, if you're in a pre-made, you're probably going to be on TeamSpeak or some other type of um, communication uh, software. But you have to have the ability to just turn it off. Um, key point, Planet Side 2, um, Battlefield, or any of these other ones, uh, games I've played, it is so frustrating hopping in and you have people singing Shakespeare or... Uh, going on a tirade of, you know, whatever, sex, whatever. I mean, it's just, just turn it off. Because at the end of the day, um, I think it's a good tool to have for those that want it. Um, I always turn VoIP off. And when the ability is not to turn uh, VoIP off, it's really frustrating. Um, just See, to... I, I thought I sang Shakespeare quite well, but whatever, man. I'm just saying, man. I don't know about you guys, but I, I would still stay if someone was singing Shakespeare. <laughs> no, it it does. It needs to just keep it simple. I would say at the end of the point, it gives the tool the ability for people to talk. But if it can be abused, uh, it, it might. And uh, so obviously, just a little check mark, you know, turn off. And I, you know, that that's how I look at it. Definitely, as far as um, what it sounds like, it reminds me a lot of uh, Battlefield Two. Holy, you had your commander chat, so just direct line with the commander or the commander to you, and then you had your lance chat, which was just all four of you talking. Now, I will I, say, I think that'd be great. I will say, on the flip side, though, Russ, you do bring up a good point of if you do have Lance and then Company and maybe Commander, um, when you drop and you know the other people on your team, but yet maybe they're not on your Team Speak 3, um, I've run into a lot of the same people uh, for or against. But the ability just to be like, oh, hey, guys, uh, you know, Tyler, case in point, you take Command a lot. It'd be awesome for you to be able to talk and your whole company hear it. And they're going to trust you, one, they know you, they're going to listen, but now you've got a, um, a list, a, a concentrated effort via communication to be able to tell them where to go instead of just 
uh, command wheel instead of just uh, you know the uh, you know map and giving you know issues. Now you can use command wheel. Now you can use voice. I think it would be awesome either or. So we're kind of building on the functionality that's in the game currently. Obviously, you can chat to your lancer. You can chat to your entire company. So um, it feels like VoIP would kind of build off that same aspect. So if there's options in there to not hear company chat and or not hear lance chat, I guess you've got the flexibility there of hearing everything and and communicating just with your lance or communicating with your entire company or if you four friends in a lance want to talk to each other but not hear the racist lunatics in the full company chat you can turn off the full company chat that would give uh you know probably full flexibility whether you're whether you can hear and or speak in um company and 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 uh lance chat but yeah we'll see um there, there's a lot of options for putting that functionality in the game you know do we uh use you know use a integrate a system that's already out there or we need to do some more research on that frankly even back when we did the c3 stuff which was uh you know a vivox implementation but sort of a uh at the time it seemed like everyone wanted an external client so that's why the c3 c3 thing was external but um this would be more of a very simple but you know elegant integration so you know by default you just go in a game and you just press x button for not the letter X, but just some button for company chat, some button for Lance chat, and in options to be able to mute and either or. But it would be very simple and, and easy to use, like like some games do it. I think keeping it simple is the way to go. And uh, I think VoIP, I think the command will, I think uh, tournaments um, specifically, I think everyone's going to be really happy at being able to compete. Um, it'll be an interesting... Uh, thing to watch as the competitive teams right now uh, in my opinion will have a one-up on anybody that hasn't been involved um, and one thing I, I, I will bring up and then you know we you know is spectating um, you know obviously we use the spectator tool when we we're at the uh, launch um, event now it wasn't perfect uh, there's a lot of functionality that can be improved um, but that's actually something that uh, I think we can talk to you know, Brian Windover and some of the other programmers, engineers um, to, to work on and improve, such as um, how, you know, is it an external you connect who has access to it? And then also when you are spectating a match, um, some type of highlight, you know, like uh, all the mechs are highlighted by like a, you know, red or blue ring around them or something. So, you know who they are, maybe their names above their heads and stuff. There was a lot of functionality, but when I look at this and also you guys hosting tournaments, I you know, I think it's awesome. Um, Tyler, you know, we've talked to uh, Raffle and Siri, and they want to do commentating on matches. And I think having the tools uh, to the public would be awesome. You know, something like if you're doing a private match, um, maybe you can check box and say have spectator or something. I don't know about the logistics, but, but the ability to do that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It might interfere with the casting a little bit. Uh, because you like to hear the casters talk about what's going on with the game, but it would be a good functionality. It would be good to have those kind of options. Well, I know Brian brought up to me that, Sean, that you guys had provided some feedback on um, the spectating functionality and the need for certain things, and I think that was getting some traction. So, yeah, I'd like to like to be able to improve those. Um, that's more the, the tool aspect that we use when we spectate the official tournaments and such, but um, obviously... 
uh, we need to continue to explore how we might get more of those tools into people's hands so that when they're running their own tournaments or competitive leagues or whatever, we get more of that content streaming on Twitch. Because if we get the Twitch SDK out there and some more tools in people's hands, um, like we've talked about here before, you know, it's almost a shame that we haven't utilized this sooner because MechWarrior really does have... Um, it, it just the game just spectates so well. It's just so fun to watch. You sometimes you can just sit back and uh, um, when I die, I, I find in our game that our players, in a vast majority, after they're dead, even if they die really early, watch the entire match through their teammates. Let me just uh, pipe in here. I just had an idea. One thing you could do with the private matches is obviously you're going to have a lobby system. You'll see all the names of said people on the left and right or whatever. You can also imagine you could invite spectators and so for instance if sjr is playing bsk um and you wanted raffle and siri to be the spectators you'd actually invite them and drag them or something to the spectator slots giving them automatic ability you would drop and they would be there in there automatically so it wouldn't be open to public you wouldn't have to give special access to any tools outside it would be all integrated i think that would be a I mean, awesome. Um, like I said, I, I would, I, I would, that, would solve, like that. that would solve the issues of having to have like a remote, you know, login, who has access, who can connect, how do you get permission to anybody connecting to your game and, and you know, obviously it's cheating and all that. I think if it was just built into the whole, hey, dragon or invite someone and drag them to that slot, boom, you drop in the match, they're already there and they're spectating and you've given them permission. So both teams, both sides know it's there. I think that would be awesome. Anyways, uh, Russ, I just want to say thank you again for piping, you know, in here and, or popping in here and <laughs> joining us, piping, geez, uh, <laughs> and giving us that information. Obviously, we definitely want to have you back in, you know, the end of the month uh, launch module. A lot of people are excited. I am one of them. Um, we'd love to, you know, drop with you on the stream. So anytime, you know, feel free to hop in there. And, uh, you know, and again, thank you for uh, giving us that information. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Can't wait for launch module small patch this coming tuesday but there's some really cool variants coming into the game so i'll leave you with that little tease and um not new max there's a few bug fixes there's a few um uh minor balance changes too that'll be interesting to people uh, and some new variants and so not new yeah not new completely new chassis but variants of existing chassis which i think is pretty cool because i think that's almost as exciting as new chassis at this point um to some people i think there's some good ones and uh that's a, just a little patch to tide us over until, obviously, April 29th, which is going to be um, pretty great. Real quick, Russ, um, I've got a question. I think Darren has follow-up. You mentioned SRM Hit Ridge was at the top of the priority. Is that going to be in the next patch? Is it? Yeah, maybe? No? Well, um, not all of it, right? I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things going on here. There's um, First and foremost, we have the server-side uh, hit, hit impact effect. So you guys, some of you guys tested it out it was on public test a couple times this week during the extended downtime and also on friday with some downtime got some very positive reactions to that saying awesome you know srms are great now i want to use them so that's more of that's more of a bug fix slash feature that sort of will make sure that there's a lot less kind of false positives so it, it does have an impact it does help i think it'll it'll move the bar a little bit that feature we were hoping for april 15th um, it might not be until April 29th, so 
sorry about that, but that might be April 29th based on some last minute testing. But that's the first thing that'll come in. And I think that's going to help. That's going to help a fair bit. And then we've got at least one other aspect of improvement, just some general improvements in our, our weapon code, more on the client side that we can get, get a little more mileage out of. And then I don't have an ETA for that yet. I'm hoping for also for the April 29th or just after. So, you know, we're within the next couple weeks, um, we get a we get a couple things in the game that should help, and my hope is that um, when those are done, that we're as good as any weapon that it's um, that they're very viable and they're great at that point on. But we'll we'll reassess at that point. So, yes, the answer is yes. Definitely within the next one to two patches, we'll see improvement in SRMs, and hopefully they're um, awesome, awesome the whole bit. Awesome, Russ. I appreciate that, and we'll move on. We know you got to go, and we've been probably over your time a little bit but uh thank you again and uh we'll see you soon on uh you know the twitch stream and or another podcast thanks russ all right thanks everybody all right so moving on uh, to the discussion topics we've got uh something pretty big out there um first let me just preface this by saying uh we're going to be doing every week just like we did today um every monday i'm going to be posting up a you know podcast uh you know weekly podcast discussion uh thread uh why is this happening one, feedback. You guys have said you want us to cover topics that are maybe pertinent to the community, and maybe we skipped over it, maybe you know we glossed over it, or maybe we just didn't know about it, um, and you want to hear more discussion on that. So that's going up, so you're literally able to post what you think. Just let me uh, put that caveat out there. It may not be picked, depending, uh, and if we've already talked about it in length in the past or not too far, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the bottom line is it may or may not be discussed, and there's reasons for that, or there won't be, or whatever, but uh, we definitely time. need the feedback. <laughs> we, yeah, there should be a lot of time, and there's <laughs> some stuff that we already know where we won't get an answer about until it's ready. So. Yeah, I know a lot of you guys are asking about community warfare. Um, I reached out to Paul to be able to sit down and get an update. Um, he's not available, so uh, I mean, that's that's just the reality of it is. I, I ping him, they're not available. There's a lot of these topics that we're talking to them on a daily basis. And as soon as we get new information, you're the first person to hear. But there's a lot of it. We just don't get new info and there's nothing we can say about it. All right. So moving on. Uh, the first topic is going to be private private matchmaking. Now, specifically, we're talking about uh, one of the things that was released on uh, Twitter. Um, and obviously, Russ has uh, chimed in um, on Twitter as well. But being able to see the enemy composition this thread blew up over at Reddit. Um, I followed the whole entire discussion, and it's a pretty big deal. I mean, you're talking. Um, I, I I tracked everything that uh, Siri said about it, and Trent and a bunch of others. I totally agree with them. Being able to know what the enemy just mechs are, I don't think it's a good thing. I mean, do you guys see any positive um, thing coming out of knowing the mechs? Like, should you? No. Well, no. the obvious. <laughs> positive thing is for your own team you have information ahead of time that you can adjust your tactics based on but that goes both ways and my personal preference no fog of war all the way yeah absolutely it's it's not a good idea to have it should be at least a feature to disable in the premium matches at a minimum uh if they for some reason feel like they need it in the other ones i i guess they could do it i i'd be just best to have it completely off it's a really important part of every 12s match that you drop in. Uh, immediately scouting and getting the loadouts of the enemy mechs, finding out what their composition is, it completely changes your strategy. And to know what your enemy is going to be packing ahead of time 
say you see on the before the game launches the enemy has tons of stalkers that only run missile variants you can pretty much rest assured that they're going to be running heavy LRMs and that changes things up right from the beginning it would be much better and it's uh, much more fun for the gameplay to find that out firsthand yeah not to mention that that's that's directly just taking that role away from lights essentially yeah th- th- that's one of the most important parts of a, a lights game every drop is finding out the composition of the enemy and if you can just take a, a drop deck that counters an enemy deck that's that's silly you need to be able to be surprised you need to be able to run a, a drop deck that can really surprise your enemy uh, with a, a quick brawl or especially once uh, being able to select your maps are available that would make things even more stagnant if you see what your enemy's loadouts are going to be that's what I was about to say being able to pick your map and then already know yeah that's uh, totally I don't see any positive about it <laughs> at all and I, you know I think it should be fog war um, across the board I mean, that's your one you know, one thing your enemy does not know, maybe. Unless, I guess, if you're predictable and you take the same drop deck on every single map, I guess, right? But, uh, yeah, private matchmaking, Fog of War. Um, obviously, we're going to be passing on the, the community's feedback. I know Nico already chimed in on that thread specifically, um, but uh, me and Darren will do our best to, uh, you know, push that information and thoughts as well, because it does matter and uh, a lot. Hey, has, has anybody heard anybody argue for it? I, I just haven't heard an argument yet. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it sounded like their thinking was that in uh, games like League of Legends, etc., you see what your enemy's lineup's going to be ahead of time. And that's pretty much where the thought process ended. They didn't think about the implications for the gameplay or pre-game strategy, anything like that. So. Now, now, if there was a league with like bans and picks and stuff like that, maybe, but I doubt it. Well, even if you're doing a league like that, um, I mean, that's what the, the unit leaders involved in the match would be checking, right? I mean, when you drop in a match, hey, you're not supposed to have that mech. But, I mean, that's yeah. not... Well, most of the communities even now are self-moderated around their own rule sets. So, I mean, to be able to see what the enemy is bringing is really no sense because most of the time, if something accidental happens, just call it misdrop and you use one of your mulligans or something like that. So, You know what would also solve that from happening? An API system. Bam! <laughs> oh, the pain. Got I it. think we're totally unanimous on that one. I mean, like 101%. Uh, but speaking of community and leagues and so forth, Tyler, we wanted to talk to you about this specifically, and Brandon, of course, you as well. You've participated in tons of them, so both of you specifically. Just about leagues and, and the player-run leagues, tournaments that are out there that have been out there for a while, that people have been putting amazing effort into running, but also participating. Participating has been an effort. I wanted to get your guys' input on uh, you know, the current state of community leagues and tournaments, uh, the future of it, what do you think is possible with... Um, the launch module coming out and, and the various tools are going to be made available. So, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think? Well, currently, there are three major leagues going on in MechWare Online. We have Run Hot or Die, Merrick Civil War, and MRBC. And, and Run Hot or Die has been around since closed beta. There was a tournament that was actually uh, uh, PGI opened up the NDA to let these people record video of. Uh, the Run Hot or Die tournaments, and it was displayed during the closed beta. But it's we're on season three right now. Run Hot or Die is MechWarrior Online played in its purest form. There's no restrictions that uh, teams don't impose on themselves, say ahead of time. 
And for example, in the Steel Jaguar versus Lords game that's going to be tomorrow, uh, we're we've decided that there's going to be no strikes used. That's just between the two teams. So you can do things like that. But other than that, there's no restrictions imposed on the teams besides weight limits or drop, uh, yeah, drop limits. Uh, next up, we have the Merrick Civil War, which is very restriction heavy. There's there's a lot of teams in it right now. It's very open to, to new teams that don't want to just be thrown into the deep end. They, they have a system where there's teams ranked tier one through four, and you're more likely to fight people of uh, a tier similar to yours, the same, or up or down one. So you don't get, like in Run Hot or Die, you could be playing the, the best team in the game with your fresh unit. It's just something that could happen. But uh, the Merrick Civil War allows you to fight people much closer to your skill level. So if Team 7's, uh, if teams are thinking about trying out the competitive scene, I would highly suggest signing up for Merrick Civil War. It's uh, probably a much better a much better it, environment to get. It's very suited for entry level. It definitely is. And even now, you can sign up as a, a pirate group, which is one of the rules in the Merrick Civil War, and you can choose which team you want to fight against. So if you want to put together a 12-man team and pick on a Tier 4 team, you can uh, try to attack them and see what you got, see how you stand up. So I suggest anybody that's not tried 12s before, do something like that. It'd be a lot of fun for you. And third up, we have the MRBC League, which is another restriction-heavy league. It's got uh, quite a bit of flavor in that it favors, uh, like, lance groups. The the way the drop decks are set up are very interesting. The requirements of taking things like ECM in uh, your light decks, it's it's got a lot of flavor to it. It's fun. Uh, other community leagues that have been out there, we've had the Proxus Community Warfare League. Uh, that's not... I don't know when the next season that's supposed to start, but that's a much more micromanaging... <laughs> it's full of micromanagement in that you have to buy mechs. Each, there's a whole economy. And you have to buy your mechs. You have to coordinate logistics. You have to get... You have dropships. It can take you uh, days to get to the planet that you want to attack and that you only can move your dropship like once a day. There's a lot of rules in that. Still, it was really rewarding. I ran the, the league for Steel Jaguar. I ran our part of it. And it was a lot of fun to make all the moves, and you really get to determine how you want to play in that league. Uh, Last Mix Standing's been out for a while. I'm not sure if there's ever going to be another league of that, but that was very much like Run Hot or Die in that is the game played in its purest form. There's no restrictions or anything like that. Uh, the difference was that it was a best two of three, which was really nice In uh, since we haven't had private matches yet. It was, it's difficult to sync drop, as everyone who's tried before knows, to get your matches in. So a best two of three, only playing three games maximum, was a relief over the... Every other league does best three out of five. So I have a question regarding all of them. I've, I've talked to you on your stream quite a bit. Having rules. Rules are very important. What is more fun? Having no rules like Run, Hunter, Die? Um, or do you enjoy something like Proxus or is MRBC more your style? I guess just actual enjoyment. Like, are you talking you restrictions know. or rules or both? No, I'm talking about both here. I mean, uh, rules and restrictions. I mean, what is more enjoyable for, for you? And if someone, um, you know, because there, there's different flavors here. If you want Ron Hunter or Die, it splits what the meta is. You got, you know, if you don't run it, and if you're not, you know, perfect at it, you're probably going to get rolled by some of the better teams. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think it depends on what the uh, person's looking for. Like, myself personally, I liked Merrick Civil War as far as it went, mainly because there's so... Each planet that you're able to go into had different rules and settings uh, set towards it, so you actually had to change up your builds and change up your deck depending on what you're going in. So you would see mechs that usually might not get played get played in certain situations and i thought it was a lot more fun in that way because you just didn't know what you're going up against every single time it was all variable i was gonna say probably kept you on your toes and for, for me i mean obviously you know the ppc ac5 um you know obviously you've got the the shadow hawk you know you've got the you know victor cataphract um tyler i've asked you do you find that boring and sometimes and it's nice to step out and see other mechs that normally aren't there and utilize them I personally like the unrestricted leagues the most. And sure, playing in fours over and over with the same X, it can get boring. But what we're doing is practicing and refining our ability to play those mechs as much as we can. So when you finally get to go out onto the field and use those mechs in the environment that they were designed for, it's really fulfilling. It feels great, and it's the game played at its highest level is when you you've customized your mech because we all know that the the mech lab you can win and lose a game in the mech lab so that's that's a big part of the game you can't be that's not something that can be debated so you spend your time in the mech lab you build the best mech you possibly can for the situation you're going to be in and you take it against the enemy that's done the exact same thing and whoever comes out on top wins it, it feels great so unrestricted is my favorite I think that's what you're really looking for, honestly. Um, logistics, for some people, are really is really fun. Like, myself included, I would love to get sit down and do logistics. But then again, I also have a Excel spreadsheet set up at, like, all times for stuff. So that's just me. There's some leagues that I would love to do, like... I would love just a simple, like, four- or eight-man competitive league where you just... Small teams going at it not that many rules or anything like that just see who comes out on top so uh, either way it's more a personal preference type thing I, I think if you're looking for fights more so than anything else like just pure action i think you'll be more leading probably a little bit more towards the non-logistic side so just drops um if you're looking for long-term campaigns and maybe like crafting your own story and stuff like that um, as far as like a campaign goes, I think you'd be looking more towards the logistics sides of things. I was going to say, has anybody tried the whole, like, you're able to take any mech, um, but maybe um, every battle, there are certain restrictions, like, and it's just random, like, whether it's like, no jump jets, no AC, you know, no, you know, missiles, or no ECM, or stuff like that. Has anybody uh, tried that to where, uh, you know, every battle's uh, different? That's basically what Merrick Civil War does. And yes. There's a, a planetary map, or there's planets on a map, and each planet will have certain restrictions, whether that's no strikes or no jump jets, no PPCs, or all that combined. Oh, and more. The Merrick Civil War does that. Uh, other than that, you're mostly free to take whatever mechs you want, except you're limited by drop weights, and you can only take a certain number of each chassis. So you can't take... Uh, more than we'll say like four Highlanders into a match you'll need to spread out and take something else so I think that's a good summary of what's happening now with all the leagues and the uh, tournaments and so forth but what about the future like with uh, launch module coming out where do we see it going I know myself I've heard a dozen people say they're starting their own tournament or league or whatever uh, do you think we're going to see a growth in the number of the leagues out there do you think that's a good or a bad thing where what, what do you see for the future 
I'm going to go out on a limb. Obviously, I don't participate in them, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, there's going to be more. But I do think there's a line in when there's everyone wants to do a tournament. Uh, everyone wants to, you know, create a league. I think it'd be really cool if the community, for the most part, latched on to, you know, a handful. Um, that way, coverage for those uh, news about them, they can be refined. And then obviously, maybe someone's like, hey, you know, I don't, is there something flavor of the month that no one else is doing in those leagues? And then maybe it started. But I think it'd be cool to just see some of these refined. And that's why I was saying earlier, and I know uh, we've discussed this a lot, but an API system being able for, uh, you know, people running the leagues to be able to get the information, I think would be awesome. I think we're almost actually at capacity right now for player-run leagues. Uh, Steel Jaguar this week, for instance, has had games Monday through Thursday. So we're busy at our scheduled time every night. Uh, Any more leagues we might not be able to participate in, which might be okay. There might be uh, like a less stressful or less intense league that other people can join. But Give somebody else a chance to win, man. (laughs) It's only so many hours in a day that you can be playing Mechor Online. So I would love to see, though, uh, smaller kind of tournaments, like 4v4 or 1v1s. I'm sure those things will come in once we get private lobbies. It'll be a lot of fun. Can Definitely. I... I, was about to, I was about to say, the pretty much the only place right now, the 12v12 as far as leagues go, I think it's pretty much, you might be able to get one or two more leagues in there. But right now the big three pretty much have it locked down. If anything, you'll start seeing sub-leagues like, uh, Jaeger was saying like with 4v4, 8v8, or 1v1, um, maybe if possible an arena type mode where it's just free for all. Never know. One can dream. My dream? Solaris. Enough said. Bam. I thought your dream was API. Bam. <laughs> he had a dreams. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think it'd be really cool. Uh, and you know, one of those things. It's the community that'll make the game grow and move forward and, you know, obviously, you know, longevity, um, giving the tools to the players. I really think the spectator camera, um, I think it'd be really cool. It's like I was I was pitching that. I think if you had the ability to just invite whoever, you know, you wanted, let's just say you wanted six or seven or eight people to spectate um, live, you know, I think that'd be really cool. Obviously, it would settle a lot of the issues like having to have an outside client. Um, but there are some things that, you know, they need to improve, especially since launch module. Um, I really think a, a spectator, if you're going to be doing it live and you're going to be doing commentating, they have to know who they're looking at. When you're top down up there looking down on the map, you can't tell who they are. Uh, I mean, unless you're wearing like all the mechs are bright white and, you know, red or something. Even then, if you've got height above the battlefield, you can't tell. So some type of... Uh, system to be able to see and name who they are but uh yeah like hitting the q button does in game right now and just brings up everybody's tags yeah pretty easy all right guys that is gonna be it for tonight and uh i just want to remind you guys again to use the amazon affiliate link if you guys are gonna be doing any shopping on amazon it doesn't add anything to your cost and it just kicks back a little something something ngng just want to say again uh thank you so much uh to our community our listeners new and old and of course our amazing staff everyone behind the scenes and our sponsors thank you so much for helping keep this team speak three running and all the other things we do so i just want to say uh thank you again and uh this has been your local no guts new galaxy mechware podcast signing off for tonight this is phil this is darren this is brandon also known as api this is tyler until next time mech warriors die brandon <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
be best if you avoid me But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever 